Well, good morning. Welcome to week two of gifts, giftedness. And uh, it's, it's my privilege to bring the word this morning. I don't know if we've got a... We do. Gifted. Divine gifts for a divine purpose. And I um, just want to thank Pastor Brad for just really setting the scene for us last week. And the thing that really struck out among many... You know, there were many good things. The, one of the things that really struck me, and I hadn't, I hadn't put it into this context before, was, was the way Corinthians was talking about the gifts and, uh, and where the, the love story was right in the middle of that. So he's talking about it, and then he talks about the context of the use of the gifts, which is in love, for the building up and the edifying of the body, and then goes back into the gifts. And, um, you know, I've been in church a long time, but I kind of hadn't really put it into that context. Um, And certainly through my own experience in church, when it's not in that context, and I've seen people attempt to use gifts, but really not out of a good heart, not out of a good place, um, then you can see the damage also that it can do to the body of Christ. But it doesn't mean that we can't, Pursue the gifts. It doesn't mean that we should stop seeking the gifts. In fact, another thing that you said, you, you demonstrated, you know, some, some church backgrounds say go for it. Some say hang back a bit. You know, I really like the idea of going for it. Um, but going for it in the context of Corinthians in, in the chapter 12, wasn't it? Yeah. So uh, make sure that we reread that again. Today, um, I want to focus on just a couple of things, but one key point, and that is that God created us to share his heart. This I believe. And the way that he can do that is through his Holy Spirit. I need the Holy Spirit if I'm going to share the heart of God. Because if it's reliant on my heart, then it's going to be reliant on what my heart receives from my soul realm. And if I don't like you, you're gone. You know, in the natural, I need the heart of God to know what his heart is for you so that I don't judge you. Have you ever wondered why I was born in this particular period of time? Not me, I mean us. Have you ever wondered why you were born? A lot of people wonder why I was ever born. (laughs) Yes, Steve. (laughs) name and shame have you ever wondered why were we born everybody here in this room why are we born in this particular period of time in this particular country it was interesting to hear Jake talk about citizenship why are we born in this time and in this country here's a point you and I are not accidental tourists we're here for a purpose and it's our Um, desire it's our need to discover that purpose and thank God that he puts a desire for us to seek that purpose in us otherwise we would just be tourists in our country God has a plan and he has a purpose for each and every one of us right here right now from my past my present and into my future God has a plan and a purpose Now, I'm not confident that I've done my best work in the past. In fact, I'm confident I haven't. 
And I'm not confident that I'm doing my best work in the present. I'm trusting that it's a little bit better than it was in the past because in the past I wasn't saved. In the present, I've been saved. I am saved. But I'm still not doing my best work, if I'm honest. I'd like to think that I'll continually seek God, seek his Holy Spirit, seek his will, study the word, and my best is yet to come. And I hope that's our prayer. But again, I can really only do that with the help of the Holy Spirit. You know, as we've commenced this series on, on giftedness, I've been reflecting and I've been struck with this thought. I have been created by God to reveal his heart during this singular moment in time, in my lifetime. And each and every one of us here, I believe, is the same. We've been created by God to reveal his heart. The world needs to hear it. This is huge. Each one of us has been created for this period in time, in this country. Whether you're born in this country or not, you're here now. I want to read some scriptures just to give some context for some points to ahead. In Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 to 10. Now I'm trusting it's up. I saw a flash, yes. I did see a flash once, but it was a torn retina. It's not. <laughs> this was just the scriptures going up on the screen. Whew. I think. No, it's. All right, so in Ephesians chapter 2. And you he made alive. I'm going to read it from here because I can read it better. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as others. We need God. We need the Holy Spirit. This world needs God and the Holy Spirit. It needs us to show his heart. In verse 4, But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you've been saved. And raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the age, ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and in his kindness towards us in Christ, in Christ Jesus. For by grace we have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, to share his heart. That's not in the scriptures. Which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Before I was born, God had a plan and a purpose for my life. And part of that plan is to share his heart. We were created to do these good works, but, you know, sadly, and here's the truth, if we're honest, it's a battle. We walk a fine line, really, between living in the world, so to speak, but not of it. You know, I've, I've been really grateful, actually, just for this series. Um, I think it's timely. Um, 
We don't have enough time to really go into the theology behind the Holy Spirit and the, and the gifts of the Spirit and whether we have seven gifts or whether there are nine gifts or whether they're manifestation gifts or whether they're power gifts or whether they're revelation gifts or whatever, there's a lot in it. But um, there's so many, so many gifts, so many other gifts given by God. But it's brought home to me that I really have been created for a purpose right now and I like each one of us here have been given gifts and here's the kicker God wants us to use them we can't avoid that we can't escape that we can try so as I said look there's you know we won't go into the the theology behind the gifts but suffice to say there's many gifts and some are a part of who we're created to be and you know they can be seen in our personalities and, and our values and some are supernatural. And if God created us to share his heart, then we need to seek the gifts. We need to accept the gifts. And we need to use whatever gifts God gives us. We need to be available. We need to make ourselves available to God to use those gifts. I said we need to accept the gifts. I just want to demonstrate something. And this is not to embarrass anybody, right? But you can only participate in this if you're over 50 years old and over. All right? Who does that apply to? Get your hand down, Jesse. All right. <laughs> All right. So... I've got $50 here. Who'd like it? Come and get it. Only if you're 50 and over. I should have said except pastors. Here you go, pastor. Thank you. you. No, you were the only one that was brave enough to do it. And I've actually done this to make a point. It is yours. Please come and get it. It's a gift. No, 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 no. <laughs> All right, yeah. What time's afternoon tea? <laughs> I did that for a couple of reasons. Now I'm, now I'm poor. <laughs> um, we need to accept the gifts. And, you know... If we're honest, and if I'd been sitting in the pew and someone said that to me, and I didn't know that it was, you know, for real, I probably still wouldn't have come up. I would have been, you know, I might be embarrassed. I might be, oh, people will think I'm greedy. People will, you know, we think a lot of things about what people think. The fact is, God doesn't care what other people think. He's given us gifts and we're to use them. The gifts are freely available, but we have to receive them. We have to accept them. We don't get offered a gift. You know, someone gives a gift and I look at it and say, oh, thanks, that'll come in useful one day. I haven't accepted it. I've got to accept the gift. And God wants us to accept his gifts, whatever gifts are available. So that means we do need to study a little bit to find out well, what, are, what gifts are available. But here's something I have confidence in. You know, I've been a Christian for quite a long time now. And um, by the grace of God, 
I'm, I'm still here by the grace of God. He's brought me through uh, many mistakes, lots of forgiveness. But there's something that I have a lot of confidence in. And that's the word of God and the Holy Spirit. And I think that's something that all of us need to continue to grow in as well, is confidence in what God's word says. Confidence that when the word of God is preached, you know, not just not the theology of the word, the theology of the word needs to be understood. But I could be preaching a word, and the word that's preached, being preached today, there might be 40 or 50 different ways that people are receiving it. But you'll be receiving it the way God wants you to receive it. How? Because his Holy Spirit dwells in us. And so whatever I'm preaching, whatever Pastor Brad preaches or whoever else preaches, it will be, be received in many, many different ways according to God's will and purpose of what he wants to do in my heart. And that's why, you know, when I like to pray at the beginning and say, Father, thank you that we'll not just be hearers but we'll be doers and we'll receive the word that you have for me regardless of how it comes out and in spite of the preacher. So we have confidence in the word of God and the Holy Spirit. People often ask me, you know, what do I think about this or what do I think about that? And, and, and although sometimes things seem bleak, I still say, well, let's pray because I've got confidence in the word of God and I've got confidence in the Holy Spirit. And, you know, he guides us so often in ways we're not even aware. More often in our life, I'm, I'm just looking forward. One of the things I'm looking forward to in, in heaven is all the times God was watching over me, protecting me, guiding me, leading me by his Holy Spirit, and I didn't even know. I'd probably be too busy worshipping and giving thanks for other things, but you know, that's sometimes I just think about that. The number of times. In John 14, verses 15 to 17, says this if you love me you will keep my commandments and I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever the spirit of truth the world cannot receive him because it neither sees him nor knows him but you know him for he abides with you and will be in you how good is that 1 Corinthians three sixteen. Do you not know that you're the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? In 6.19, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God and you are not your own? The Holy Spirit lives in us. When we got saved, the Holy Spirit changed our spirit from a natural spirit into a supernatural spirit that can hear... The difference is, I know, before I got saved, I sat in churches and, and I listened uh, to the preaching and some of it drove me crazy, some of it annoyed me, some of it I thought, man, that sounds all right. Some of it I thought sounded a bit weird. But after I got saved, I heard the word differently. And the reason I was able to do that is that the Holy Spirit was now in me living in me, had changed my spirit, changed my heart, given me 
a heart of flesh instead of a heart of stone. The heart of stone couldn't really receive that word. But the heart of flesh, the spirit of God, I was getting information now from two sources, one through my mind, my will, my emotions, but now I was also getting it through God's word, inspired by the Holy Spirit and able to receive it in a way that I hadn't before. We can trust the word of God, a word in season for each one of us. Romans 8, 9 says, You are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you, well, we know he does because we just read that he does. And now if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. So clearly the spirit of God dwells in each, each one of us. He dwells in all true children of God. So that's just to set the scene and to encourage us that the Holy Spirit lives in us. All right? Can we settle on that? Pastor Brad, sold. All right. This, this next scripture is, I think, has to be one of my most favourite scriptures. And that's Ephesians 4. It's 1 to 16. I won't speed read it. There's a lot in it. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, Endeavouring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and the Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. But to each one of us grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore he says when he ascended on high... He led captivity captive and he gave gifts to men. Now this, he ascended, what does it mean but that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. And he gave himself, and he himself gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Why? For the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of faith, of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should be no longer children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness and deceitfulness, deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things in him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together. Wait for it. What every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share. Every part does its share with the gift that God has given us. And it causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love, for the edifying of the body. Why do we need the gifts? To do the work of the ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ, God created us to share his heart. 
And Ephesians 1, 13 and 14, it says, And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance under the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Amen. Um, we were given an opportunity last week. Pastor Brad put up a slide and a, a link and it was the gift test. Hands up those who've done the gift test yet so far. Fantastic. Can I encourage you? I said to Pastor Brad this morning, I said, you know, I've been around a bit. Seen a few of these kind of tests, and uh, I wasn't sceptical. I was curious, but I was pleasantly surprised as well. I found it really, really useful. Um, it was really broad sweeping. It was encouraging, uh, and it was insightful. And the way it works for those of you who haven't done it yet, but I really, really, really would encourage you to do it, is you'll go on, click on the link. And it will ask you to nominate at least two people to answer a few short questions. It only takes about five minutes. You get to see the questions that they will be asked and you can invite them to do that. They will confirm that via email. And then you'll be given an opportunity to answer a more extensive um, test, more extensive questions. But you won't get your results until the other two people at least, the people you've asked to answer, you won't get your results till they do. Now I'm not going to ask people who've been asked to, to, you know, to contribute if you haven't yet because that'll just embarrass you and that's not edifying you. But I would encourage you, if you've been asked, respond quickly. I mean don't run and jump on the computer unless you're so inclined but you know don't don't delay because the people who are doing the test really want to know and it is edifying and it's great to share in small group or you know with family or with friend or whatever so I would encourage you but also keep this in mind and one of the things that's listed when you get your results about the the gift profile the only reason God has given us specific spiritual gifts is that other people will benefit from them. So when I do it, it's not, oh, this is what I am. It's with a humility. Lord, you've, is this where you're leading me? And it's, look, just because it comes up with that doesn't mean, oh, this is who I am. It's, it's a challenge to me to say, Lord, is that where you, you've been leading me? You probably, if you look back, you'd probably be able to see, yeah, I can actually see that. Yeah, oh, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. And often it's really as we look, look where we've been, we see the hand of the Lord. But they're for the edification of the church. They're, for, they're to be used for the common good, 1 Corinthians says. They're, they're supposed to edify the church, to build up the body, and they're to be used. The ultimate criteria, which you'll read on the, on the gift test sheet, used in love. Let me tell you something. You probably already know this. The greatest gifts 
are sitting here in the pews. I think that's worth repeating. The greatest gifts are sitting right here in the pews. And it's each and every one of our responsibilities to seek those and to exercise them. I think this is a challenge for Sale Baptist Church. We need to discover our gifts. We need to accept them because they're better than $50. So don't delay. Go for it. The longer... Well, no, we need to accept them. We need to be released in them. Leadership needs to release us in them, which I know is the heart of the leadership. And um, I think the longer we refuse, the longer we delay running to receive that gift, the more we rely on the leadership to exercise gifts. I don't think that's fair. Because if you go back to the scripture that we just read, God gave us these gifts of apostle and pastor and teacher to build us up, to bring us to maturity so that we could do the work of the ministry. And we cannot do the work of the ministry without exercising our gifts. We can't exercise gifts that we don't know we have. There'll be some that we kind of do naturally because God's put that in us. But the more we understand, the more we seek God's will for us, the more we seek what those gifts are, then the more freedom we have to exercise those gifts, the more confidence we have to exercise those gifts. So let's not just put it all on leadership, but it's up to each and every one of us. As I said, the greatest gifts are here in the pews. The greatest gifts for this church, I don't mean the greatest gifts in the world, the greatest gifts for this city, for this church, for this body are sitting here in the pews. So we need to find them. We need to exercise them. Just a couple of points on something I've noticed in in my Christian walk. Um, there, There is something that can, once I even discover and start to exercise the gifts, there is something that can quench the Holy Spirit working through me and operating in those gifts. And I'll just make this point, and that's unforgiveness. I think we can underestimate uh, the heart of God. The heart of God is grace. The heart of God is mercy. The heart of God is forgiveness, for he forgave me, even when I was walking in trespass and sin. I think if we, if we don't forgive, I heard this from someone was, my wife Angela often has a tally on on the Christian channels and there was some guy preaching and, and this really struck me. If, if we don't forgive the other person, we think they're not worthy, they're not worth the price that Jesus paid for them. That's pretty solid. The person I struggle to forgive is worth the price that Jesus paid for them. In 1 Corinthians 12, I'm not sure if I gave you these ones, but um, 
it, it did talk about the, the various gifts, you know, some of the supernatural ones. And um, I just want to, you know, I was going to mention three or four and give some examples. Um, and so there are gifts that we can discover. So some, are, some are God's given us when we were born and they're to be exercised and they're through our personality and values and all that. But there's supernatural gifts as well. And there's, there's one that I reckon if we wanted to make a start somewhere, and this will be my challenge to, to us today. I reckon if there's one that probably all of us have operated in without even knowing. If we had the Holy Spirit in us, I'm a Baptist, I'm not allowed to bet, but if I were a betting man, I reckon we would have been operating in this without even knowing. We may know. And that's the word of knowledge. It's a supernatural gift. It's one that I believe manifests itself more often than some of the others in our daily life, in our daily walk with the Lord. It might be I'm reading the word and I get revelation from the word in a way that I haven't before. I've prayed, I've sought God. I've said, Lord, give me, give me some of your knowledge. Share your heart with this word and I'll get a revelation. That's an example of the word of knowledge. How many parents here in this room, whether children are with you or not at the moment, you know, they spread to the four winds or in children's church? I reckon there were many, many times, as I think back, that God gave me insight about my children that was not natural and that it was by his grace and his guidance. might have been an impression in my heart a leading to prayer. I can remember a time, I won't go into the specifics, but Angela and I were watching television. It must have been around about 10 o'clock at night. And I don't know what happened. I just turned to Angela and I said, we need to turn that off and pray for one of our kids. And um, it's not often that I've... I think that's probably the first time I ever did that, so it kind of shocked Angela. So yes, the telly went off. What? What are we praying for? So we just started praying. And the next day, we found a really solid truth that had we not prayed, the results actually could have been disastrous. I believe that was, you know, God just really, in a, in a quite a rigorous, vigorous way, interrupting our night and, and calling us to pray. It's a really practical gift. It, it's like it's the Holy Spirit transmitting his knowledge into us, into our spirit, in a way that our brain can understand it, that you know, perhaps by any other means we wouldn't have known. And, uh, and I've seen that happen many times. I remember a time, I've, I've shared this quite a number of years ago, so it can happen really, really naturally, but it's a supernatural gift, does that make sense? We wouldn't have known otherwise. I remember a time I was invited to preach in a Romanian church, and I have shared this years ago. Women were on one side, men were on the other. Women wore the headscarves and uh, had to have a, an interpreter. But I'm sitting there, I'm waiting and I knew it was time to get up and preach but before then there was a whole lot of words going on in Romanian and I didn't have interpretation of tongues so I didn't know what it was about. And um, so this guy got up and they're talking away and then they had a vote and... Uh, and then the guy said, I can interpret for you. So 
then I got up to preach. And I got probably halfway through the sermon. And um, I just had this really strong impression in my heart and my mind. And this had never happened to me before either. But it's good to follow the prompting of the Holy Spirit. And I said, oh, um, forgive me, but um, I feel I, I need to tell you something. This is to the interpreter. I feel that I need to tell you that you need to know that God has just shown me that he's forgiven you. And I had no, no clue. Like, man, I was going out on a limb. I thought, here ends a good relationship. <laughs> and, uh, and he just started crying. And he said, I can't say that. And I said, well, if you don't, then I need to sit down. I can't continue to preach. And so with tears, he interpreted what I had said to him. Afterwards, I found out that years and years and years ago, he'd had an affair. And, but he was the only good interpreter in the church. But every time someone came to preach, he had to get voted on to see whether he was worthy enough to interpret, whether his life had been you know, living a worthy life or not. Can you imagine the condemnation um, that, that that person's living under every time you've got to stand up, the church has to vote to see whether you've been living well enough. Who wants to do that? No. And so here was God's word to him saying, I've forgiven you. It went to his heart. It, it observed, in a sense, the rules of the gift. It was to edify him. It was to release him. Had nothing. I was scary for me. I had, no, I had no skin in the game, except not to preach anymore and maybe never get invited back again. But for him, it released him. So it can be supernatural like that as well. I think if we start small, and here's my encouragement as we close. Pray and ask God. Father, through your son Jesus, by the, by the grace that you've given us, by the power of your Holy Spirit, I'm seeking, I'm seeking your knowledge. I'm seeking your heart. Show me your word. Show me what you would say, what I need to know about my children, what I need to know about my work. I've got tricky situations at work I've got to deal with and they don't get fixed unless I pray. And when I pray and ask God for wisdom, often I'll get, a, I'll get an idea of how to work this through that I hadn't thought of. It's for everyday use. So start in our everyday. Start getting used to the idea that we have gifts, that God desires us to receive these gifts, to seek them and to start to exercise them. Don't go out guns blazing and say, God's just given me a word for you, Pastor Brad. All right, test it out. The way I often test it out, because uh, I've had a counselling background, often in counselling I would be sitting there talking with someone and a thought would occur to me. And I don't say, oh, hang on, God's just told me this. But I'll ask a question. And, you know, probably more than half the time, uh, it would be God leading me to help them to open up. At other times, it's just my mind thinking I can fix it. So, you know, we have to learn how to use and to walk, but we have to start.
So my encouragement as we continue this series is start. Go for it. Don't be scared about it. And may I encourage you to maybe just keep a little journal. Be deliberate in our prayer. Deliberately ask. And just keep a little bit of a journal so that when you can look back and say, thank you, God, that was God. That was you. That was your Holy Spirit. We'll grow in confidence. We'll, we'll want to seek more. We'll want to know more. We'll want to know, God, what are the particular gifts that you've given me that you want me to use for the building up of this body so we can glorify Christ. Does that make sense? Bless you. As the band comes back to it, we'll just close in prayer. Pastor Brad, would you like to just close for us in prayer? How about we stand and get ready to worship one more time and pray? Holy Spirit, we, uh, we thank you so much for your presence in this place this morning. And Holy Spirit, we thank you that you live inside of us. And God, you want to you give us a new heart. You want to transform our heart to become more like yours. And, and God, we pray that as we... Uh, undergo that process that as you change us that you would release the gifts in our in our life god that we would not be scared and we would not hold back from edifying each other and building each other up and and doing your ministry um, for the sake of fear or the sake of what others might think of us but god you would give us the courage and the faith to step out and use the gifts that you've given us and god i pray that you would help us to desire and seek out the gifts with our whole heart to pursue the gifts as you want us to so God, we, we give you thanks and we give you honour. We thank you for the amazing gift of your Holy Spirit in our life. And uh, God, we choose to, to praise you and, and, and live for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we're going to sing.